I've talked about him a lot. A lot of people, we see everything that's being said. We're going to get into all that and more. And I'm going to bring everybody on so they can kind of discuss their opinions of him. All right. So, San Francisco morning, San Francisco 49ers morning show. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. Got my guy Corey in here. He says it's my birthday. Croc, man, happy birthday. Uh, shoot over that that cash app, man. I'll shoot you like five bucks, ten bucks, or whatever. Get you a little coffee or something for the morning. Hope everybody's doing good this morning. Gonna have a couple guests on, and uh, kind of discuss this whole thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. And 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 I get it. You know, I've been someone that I only want to say has been like, yeah, I guess critical. I guess you could use the word critical, critical of Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of what he is, what he isn't. But I do think that some people have kind of taken it to like the extreme and made it seem like to me something that isn't quite realistic when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. Now, I think we all have our opinions on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we all understand what he is and what he isn't. But I put out something, you know, and I had a lot of Giants fans in my mentions, and they were making it seem like Jimmy Garoppolo was like the worst quarterback ever. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Now, now listen, I, I, you, I'll be the first one to say that, you know, Jimmy has his limitations. But to compare him to guys like, Daniel Jones and some of these other quarterbacks, like, okay, we're taking a little too far. So we're going to get into all that and more. But first, you know, got to go through some of the people that really support this show. One, Underdog Fantasy. All right, um, Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't already, download the app or go to the website, underdogfantasy.com, and use promo code Crocky. All right, I had to check back in with them, but I know last time I checked, they were matching up to $100 or whatever you deposit when you start. So if you start with $10, they'll match $10. If you start with $20, they'll match you $20, all the way up to $100, all right? Underdog Fantasy, I make a good amount of money throughout the week. You know, $100 here, there, you know, some gas money, some grocery money, whatever it is. Parlaying over-unders for players. Obviously, they have the fantasy football, basketball, baseball, all that stuff aspect of it as well. So Underdog Fantasy, download the app, promo code Crocky. Also, this show is now partnered up with Manscaped, all right? I already told y'all, you know what I'm saying? It's the holidays. You got your lady in here, Peachy. You know what I'm saying? You got a man, Peachy. Go ahead, get him some of that Manscaped. Got the lawnmower 4.0 in that whole package. And then, you know, grooms everything from your nose hairs all the way down to your feet and everything in between. So, Manscaped, stop looking, you know, walk around looking all crazy. Get sexy for your lady. You know, trim it up real nice. Be good. And, um, yeah, Manscaped, they got all the, they got the ball deodorant. You know what I'm saying? They got the crop uh, preserver, little, you know what I'm saying? Little spritz there, you know, all that good stuff. So Manscaped, you already know, use promo code Crocky. Typically you get 20% off, but right now during the holidays, you get 25% off any order. All right. So go to Manscaped right now, manscaped.com. Go ahead, get that lawnmower 4.0, the whole package and get your 25% off for the holidays. All right. But now enough of me talking. All right, and I appreciate everybody that's in here right now. And obviously, I'm going to go through that one more time in the middle of the show. But I got my guy, Fair the God, coming on. All right, Fair the God from the Nitty Gritty Crew. Fair the God, man. Good morning, good morning, good morning. He's coming on morning. this morning to talk with me about Jimmy Garoppolo. But first, Fair the God, because I told you, you know, we didn't really have any 
uh, interactions prior to this. So, you know, I want to know, you know, wh what do you do? Where are you from? You know, and let the 49er fans know who you are. Yeah. Um. So, like you said, I'm I'm part of the Nitty Gritty Niner crew with Wayne Breezy, PG, my boy Moe's. Uh, you know, we do a lot of Niner content as well. Um, from Connecticut, so I'm from the East Coast over here, okay. one of the East Coast Niners. Uh, you know, rocking on this side and just you know, really come to bring bring that spunk, bring that fire for the for the show. I appreciate you know you letting me use your platform today. E, appreciate you, bro. Oh, all good, all good. And, and that's what this is for. And I tell people, you know, we all got our different platforms and we all have, you know, different things that we do. And, uh, you know, any way I can help or shoot, there might be a time where I need help. You feel me? So, uh, you know, bringing everybody on, we all just love talking about San Francisco 49ers football. So we 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 kind of connected this morning because, you know, I threw out there about, you know, coming on and talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'll, I'll give my rundown of how I think these things have played out. Really, I want to get to, you know, how have we got to where we are today? You you can, you know, anytime you feel like I'm wrong, stop me, all right? So, obviously, the 49ers, 2017, they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and we know he was not plan A. Plan A was Kirk Cousins, all right? Mm -hmm. So, they wanted Kirk Cousins. They didn't look into guys like Mahomes. They didn't look into guys like Watson because it was like, we're going to, you know, build this defense with young guys like Solomon Thomas or Ruben Foster, and we're going to just – uh, which was coming off of a historically worst season for the 49ers, right? For 49ers defense. That was one of the worst defenses in 49er history. So, you know, it's, it's understandable kind of what their thought process was. But it was like, we're going to build up this defense, build up this front, and eventually we're going to add to the quarterback position with a quarterback, uh, Kirk Cousins, who's scheduled to be a free agent. I know he's not going to sign with them again. And that's how we're going to rock. Middle of the year, they went and got Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, up until Jimmy Garoppolo played, the 49ers – and when I say play, I mean started. 49ers were one in ten, right? They were a one in ten football team. Uh, they had just came off of they had a win against the Giants, and then they lost to the Seahawks when he came in at the end of the game. He threw a touchdown pass. That was awesome. And then went off to rattle off five straight wins. Now, one one thing I hear, and there's kind of this misconception a little bit, and this is just kind of my opinion. I think people they 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 when they think of the five straight wins, I think they think he played better than what he did. Now, obviously, he did not play bad. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo did a good job of being, a, you know, good on third downs, you know, moving the sticks, keeping drives alive. He was efficient, right? But, you know, from what we've seen Jimmy B throughout his career, I feel like he was the same guy then as he is now, a guy that is going to do, you know, little things right. He's going to make throws. He's going to turn the ball over. In those five starts, he had six touchdown passes, to five interceptions, right? Like in five starts. That's not lighting the world on fire, but it was good enough football because of his ability to, you know, keep the keep the ball away from opposing defenses, move the chains. It was one of the best third down passers during that time. That equated to wins and much better quarterback play than what the 49ers had prior with C.J. Beathard and Brian Hoyer. All right, so moving along, obviously he gets hurt week three against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Tears his ACL, misses a year. Comes back, 49ers go to the Super Bowl. He was a key contributor to that. I even think 2019, because a lot of people say, 2019, he's not that guy. He wasn't great 2019 to start the season. He was fairly fairly average in most of those games. And really, a lot of the ways he was winning games or contributing to wins during that time was the same way that he's kind of won over these last couple of games, where it's not like he's doing anything super special, but he's just converting on third downs, not turning the ball over a whole lot, you know, just doing key things that he needs to do to win games. And in this, you know, every few, every so often there was a time where it's like, all right, Jimmy, we need a little bit more from you right now. And he would give them that little bit more. 
right? Like against the Saints or Thanks. against the Cardinals a couple of times where he threw for over, what, 800 yards in two games, eight touchdowns, right? When he had to give you a little more and you're like, hey, we need you to be a little extra right now, he was able to do that. I fast forward to now where we got into where we are today with Trey Lance on the team, 49ers trading up all those picks to, you know, the number three overall spot to draft somebody that is more talented. When I think of Jimmy Garoppolo, I think the 49ers know who he is, what he is, what he isn't, right? He he can execute. He he can do well. He has his limitations as a downfield passer or throwing outside the numbers, but when you give him a certain offense, he can do well within that. And I think a big shocker was heading into this year, he wasn't doing that early on. You know, he had the three and outs to start the game against the Eagles, wasn't really moving the ball against the Packers, had the good drive against the Seahawks and then was, you know, stalled after that. So we've seen that, and I think that was like, okay, they need to start looking to trade Lance. But obviously now, Jimmy Garoppolo looks to be getting back into a rhythm of what he was for a majority of his career. And I think that's how we've gotten to this point. Now, again, I skipped over one part with looking into Matthew Stafford, looking into Deshaun Watson. I think all that was just trying to, like, dang, can I get that more that most people ideally want, right? If that if the opportunity presents itself that I can get somebody more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo, then I'm, that's what I'm going to do. But I think right now, and everybody just thought, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. Trey Lance is going to just be able to beat him out. I don't think that's the case for a rookie coming in because we know at what level Jimmy can execute at. Again, you're always going to want a little more, but it can lead to wins with how he plays. And we've seen that over the last couple of games. So I know I've said a mouthful. I want to kind of hear your perspective, your rundown on just Jimmy Garoppolo, what you think of him, and where they're at today. Yeah, I, I like to equate Jimmy as like, a, you know, when you're a kid and you get that new shiny toy on Christmas or like I, when I was younger, I was playing video games. And, you know, there's certain games that just, you know, have a lasting impression for you. So for me, the start of Jimmy and, and what we where we were at at the time to what we got in Jimmy winning those games at the end of the year. Um, the the momentum that he carried into that next season, everybody was so excited, man. We were we were hyped. We knew what we had, and that 2018 season came, and unfortunately, Jimmy got injured. So I think that kind of hindered people's opinions and stopped everybody to made made everybody relax, keep their cool, hold their horses real quick. And 2019 comes around, like you said, and Jimmy comes in. He's not really lighting the world on fire, but he is having those big games. He's still going toe-to-toe with Drew Brees on a, on a primetime game. And that, I think, opened people's eyes. It made people realize, like, wow, man, we might have something here. Might have something. So we get to the point where we're at now where Jimmy is, I don't want to say limited, but for whatever reason, he's not doing what the Niners fans expect. He's not doing uh, going above and beyond. He's doing just enough for us to maintain and – really just relying on the running game. I think the 49ers fans and the faithful really are looking for a player that can do more. We want somebody that's going to help extend drives, somebody who's going to push the ball downfield, somebody who's going to, like you said, throw the ball outside the numbers. And Jimmy just isn't that person. He's not that guy. So a lot of people are frustrated and get upset with Jimmy but he is who he thought he is. He's nobody different. He's Jimmy G. He's going to keep the ball in the middle of the field. He's going to be efficient. He's going to, you know, convert some hot now on this, on this last run, convert third downs for us and keep the chains going. And that's really all that we need right now from him. 
You know, the future is is behind him with Trey Lance. He's he's still building. He's learning. He's learning the ropes. He's getting equated to the NFL speed. And once that happens, we'll see hopefully what we want. But right now, Jimmy is exactly who I think we, we know he is. So where where does the narrative come from with like how bad people say he is as quarterback? Because again, I think that was the more again, like we've talked about kind of what he is and what he isn't. Yeah. Right. And, and I think we understand that, right? Like we're not mm-hmm. saying that he's elite. We're not saying he's a top 10 quarterback or anything like that. But we know, like, okay, with his quarterback play, it, it can lead to wins. So yeah. why is there a narrative out there that Jimmy just playing sucks and can't play the quarterback position? What do you think that stems from? Um, I think it stems from the fact of us, you know, playing really well that those first five games, like you just said, I think it was like five or six touchdowns and like four interceptions. People didn't see that. People didn't look at the deeper stats. They looked at the fact that the 49ers had this player that came in and they just instantly started winning with him. You know, it was more so the defense started clicking at the end of that year. They, they took that as like, oh man, Jimmy's the second coming. We got something now. We got something, you know, again going kind of back to to video games i played like remember like nba jam when you had nba jam (laughs) like like there was it came out that first year but you was able to play that for like two three years and that was the thing for you it didn't matter that there were new players in the new game that came out the next year that first nba jam was so fire right so we, we got that in our head we got that first five games of jimmy in our head and then had to have this lull after he got injured and I think that's what kind of put people in a bad situation where they, they're judging him based off those first five games. Then when he comes back, we make the Super Bowl. So everybody's like, oh, man, we're, we're, gonna, we're on our way up. He just got off an injury. That means 2019 was like a, you know, a comeback season, but not for the, not comeback, but like a season that he was back in the mix. And 2020, he's going to take it to another level. He didn't. And that's right. where I think people kind of are like, oh, man, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. We should have got Tom Brady because they, they were flirting with Brady that year. Remember? Yeah. Um, it, it, that's where I think the, the fall off came, to be honest with you. Eve. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I think that's a good point with most people, including myself, always like looking for that next step. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I talked about 2017. And really, when you start to dive into it, it's like, damn, he is exactly what he is. Like, you know, he he was then what he is now. But it was always that man. If he's if he's doing this right now, man, I can't wait to see what he looks like next year. Now, obviously, right. next year didn't even start off that great. Had the three interception game against the Vikings. Ended up getting hurt in week three, and it was just like, okay, damn, missed this whole year. Come back 2019, and it's like, well, now he's fresh off ACL. So we understood the downs. We saw some of the high moments, and I think most people were saying, you know what? I think. With another year, he's going to be more like what we saw against the Saints, what we saw against the Cardinals in those couple games where it was, you know, big, you know, uh, plays, efficient plays. Like, it was like, damn. Like, you can directly point to the quarterback as far as the reason that we won those games. And clearly, like, that wasn't their recipe for winning most of the time, but you just saw how he was able to handle himself in those situations. You're like, you know what? I think in another year... He's going to continue, like, he's going to be that guy. And then right. you, you see last year, uh, 2020, the week, the year starts, and you take a loss to the Cardinals at home, and you're just like, and then, you know, you get it, missing the IU, missing Debo Samuel, but underthrowing the touchdown pass that should be touchdown pass to Kendrick Bourne, and you're like, maybe he just kind of is what we've been seeing. And I think once I accepted that, I just understood 
what he was and what he wasn't. All right. Yeah. So uh, I think most people, man, they, they have to start to wrap their head around the fact that Jimmy doesn't suck, but he is that quarterback that you typically are always going to be looking to get more from. Could you agree with that? Or 100%. I mean, he's somebody that's the a middle of the pack guy. He's not going to be top 10 in anything <laughs> at all. And he's been more solid recently these last few games. Um, but he just, He's Jimmy G, man. He got the, you know, the, the, the chin line that Kittle always quotes him about. And he's a he's a model-looking quarterback. So I think, you know, also that has something to do with it, the pizzazz that he brings. And it's 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 just a little frustrating for us as Niners fans because we're so used to having great quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Going back into the history of the Niners, we got Montana, we got Young. Even, even Garcia went off a little bit. You know what I mean? So there's just, I think that, that, itch for something great to happen at the quarterback position where we're not always so relying on our, our running backs. We're not always so relying on our defense and we have someone that can take the top off of the D for a change. Right. All right. So man, my guy, fear the God, I appreciate you coming on. I'm gonna get the next person. I got one more guest thanks coming on. So uh, thanks for coming on this morning, man. And again, shout out where you're from, where they can follow yes. you, all that good stuff. Yes, yes. At Fear to God, F-A-I-R-T-H-E-G-O-D. Again, part of the Nitty Gritty Niner crew. Uh, shout out my boy Wayne Breezy, my boy Mose, and my girl Crystal Peachy. Nice, nice, nice. All right, man. You, so uh, appreciate you coming on, big dog. Yes, sir. All right. I wasn't going to just stop with one person, all right? I got another guest coming on and uh, excited to get my guy on this morning. So... You know, I'm pretty sure you guys know who this guy is. I don't think he needs any introduction. My guy, Javi, baby. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, I had to hop on when you guys brought this up last night. I saw the thread. Everyone's going crazy on the thread. It's like, it's just Jimmy, man. It's Jimmy. We've had this conversation. It's, it's just Jimmy. It's just Jimmy. Now, when you say just Jimmy, explain that, to, you know, for some people, because I think sometimes <clears throat> if you come off of saying Oh, it's just Jimmy. I think people are going to say, well, oh, are you saying it. that he's trash? So kind of what are your yeah. thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo, just purely as a quarterback? He's To me, he's he's the middle of the pack, but like that lower that lower part of the middle. So it's like I always have him in 16 to 18 range, right? It's 16 is halfway through 32, so he's middle. So 16 to 18 is kind of where he fits in. He's super reliant on the run. He doesn't throw the ball past 20 yards. I mean, I know people are all hyped up over the last two games, but he hasn't completed one pass over 20, right? Everything has been under 10, under 15, and you get all the yak yards after that. So that's kind of how the offense is designed. You know, me and you had this conversation. Oh, hold on real quick. And when you say design, it is designed for him. For him. Right? Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I mean, at the, I was thinking about this before we hopped on. I was like, when we look at the other quarterbacks who are running this offense, it's like Aaron Rodgers on the floor or just Aaron Rodgers is more highlighted than LaFleur is, right? Then you look at Stafford and McVay, those two are kind of highlighted together. And then it's Kyle and Jimmy, but it's really more like we're highlighting Kyle. And that's kind of the, the issue, you know what I mean? You want your quarterback to not be the third or fourth guy of a level of importance on your team. You know what I mean? Like it's Kyle and it's Kittle and then you got Fred and then, you know, you get to like six, seven, eight players down and then, oh, Jimmy's right here. You know what I mean? That's when you're paying guy the way they're paying him. I mean, the problem with the fan base, and I think it's just for the the universe of Twitter, you know what I mean? It's either you're on one side or you're on the other, but if you're in the middle, 
like you and I, it's just like you're, you're viewed as a hater if you say anything negative or if you say anything positive. Either either group comes at you in a different way. You know what I mean? So I'm not anti Jimmy. I just know I just fi- I just figured out that he wasn't the guy and he's not the guy for this team long term. And that's been my whole thing. I'm just like not as as emotionally invested in this in this quarterback development of Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Going forward, it just doesn't doesn't make sense for me to be like, oh yeah, let's go Jimmy, yay! Like okay, cool, we're winning games, but how are we winning them? That was been my whole issue. Like you can win with him. But how do you win? Is it 40 runs a game? Is it 30? Are you going to ask him to throw 25 times, 30 times, 40 times? You're not. And the, the, the recipe for success is what we've seen. 30 runs, 20, 25 passes. And that was 20, that's 2019 too. And they're doing it again this year. It's 40, 44, and then 42. That's not sustainable. You're going to need more from your quarterback. So where do you think the narrative uh, comes from? The outside, right? Because this isn't like a new thing. And uh, real quick, shout out to my mama. My mom is in the chat. Always got to show her love. Good morning, mama. So morning, where, mom. Where do you where do you think the narrative comes from from the outside? Because I mean, we can go back even to the Super Bowl year where most people in the like mainstream media, right? I'm talking about ESPN, NFL Network, and things like that. Man, they were they were down. They were down on Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Remember, a lot of people were trying to trade on yeah. that offseason. Who's better, Jimmy? Would you take Jimmy or Dak Prescott? And talking about trading him and contracts <laughs> and oh, right. I mean, I felt like every time I turned the TV on, it was someone trying to replace Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, re- I even remember being a fan and being like, "Dang, like why are they why are they always on Jimmy so tough? Like yeah. he's a guy who just came off of a season. Obviously, he's a quarterback of the team in the Super Bowl. And my thing was never that Jimmy played amazing, but it was just like. Okay, like let's see what the next step is. Like that was there was always that hope that there was more, but I feel like a lot of other people were really quick to write them off. And right now, I'm not gonna say that they were right to write them off, but I do think they were more right on maybe what he was and what he isn't. What do you think? Kind of maybe some of that narrative came from because they've been pushing it for a couple years now. I mean, where does that narrative come from? It's got to come from someone with inside the building, mm-hmm. right? That's got to come from the Niners directly. You know what I mean? When you have all these rumors every year that he's been here, it's Oh, we're looking at Aaron Rodgers. Oh, we're looking at Tom Brady. Oh, we're looking at Watson and Stafford and everything since 2018, since the injury, they've been looking. And that's, you know, that's coming from the team. And then you and I, you know, I remember me and, me and you would have debates with our guy, Chris, for like hours on hours on hours where he would just shit on Jimmy the entire time. And we'd defend him, but he's one of the guys who kind of woke us up to like, wait a second, maybe he's not what we think he is either. And then, you know, right. guys like Ryan Clark, who played in the league, who who have, who have excelled, they kept saying like this is this is a system guy like he's a, he's a system and he's running a particular system to make him look good and when he's out of structure is when things falls apart and the eye test once you really start to dig in the eye test shows you that he's more of a middle of the pack guy than he is a top 12 guy right so that's where i kind of have him at that 16 to 18 you know the last two weeks great we're winning football games awesome but to me just that doesn't seem sustainable like you you can't keep running 44 times a game it just doesn't work. And the hatred of outside the fan base, you know, people, a lot of people are casual, right? A lot of people don't really dig into this stuff, watch the game tape. A lot of people just kind of regurgitate whatever Stephen A. Smith says and things like that. So that's going to be part of it. You know, if Adam Schefter says this or Steve Young says that, then, you know, they're going to do that too. But if you really sit down and watch him, you know, he's, he's a serviceable guy. I don't think he's terrible. I've never said he's ter- terrible. I've always said he's mid, like he's just, He's mid. He's Jimmy. He's fine. And my whole narrative with him is like, he's a fine quarterback. You can win with him. The question becomes, how do you win? 
and if that's going to be running the ball 40 times and controlling time of possession so that way he doesn't have to get into a shootout because you don't want him to throw as much. I, I go back to Tony Romo. Remember when Tony Romo would throw 40, 50 times a game? Yeah, they'd be leading, but he'd eventually make a mistake. That's yeah. what Jimmy Garoppolo is, right? He's going to eventually make a mistake that's going to cost you. And that's kind of where I'm at with Jimmy Garoppolo this part, this this far into his career. I don't think he's changed one bit since 2017. Still think he's the same passer. Still think he has a sim- similar mobility. The issue, my whole thing was I thought he would get better mentally, right? Like the mental processing. That's probably why we're seeing a lot more shotgun from him where he doesn't have to turn his back anymore, where it's just here. Kyle's like, here you go. I gave you the, the rules to the, I gave you the answers to the test. They're right in front of you. You don't have to turn your back anymore. They're right there. Make the decision and make the right one. So when you have a game like this, right, and, you know, the 49ers playing against a Vikings team, and I think a lot of people are, it almost feels like 2019 again in divisional round where 49ers were really kind of the big dogs in the NFC, but there were a lot of people were like, uh, I'm taking the Vikings in this divisional round game. And then obviously the 49ers yeah. ended up dominating, and it wasn't because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we all know that. When you look at a game right now, you know, both teams, five and five, uh, both teams on a two-game winning streak. Who would you feel more comfortable with being your quarterback in this game, Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo? Kirk Cousins. They're kind of viewed in the same light. They're kind of, you know, would... or they have kind of been compared to each other. But yeah. who would you feel? I mean, I, I think Kirk is a better quarterback, so I'm going to lean Kirk. Kirk's going to push the ball down the field. Kirk's going to take a little bit more chances. Now, he's not as comfortable being aggressive as, you know, what they've done so far. But to have 21 touchdowns, two interceptions, and he gives you the big playability, I'm going to go with... Kirk Cousins here, right? I mean, I mean, Kyle would too. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you polled thirty two teams, and they said, "Hey, you got to pick one of these two guys," it's probably like twenty eight to four. You know what I mean, Kirk? And that's kind of where I'm at with it. And I did see a stat. Um, we talked about it last night on Locked On Forty Nine ers. We had a crossover episode with Luke Braun. He's the host of Locked On Vikings, and um, twenty one touchdowns to two interceptions for Kirk Cousins this year right now but there was one interesting thing that he said and it kind of contradicts one thing you said you talked about Kirk Cousins throwing the ball down the field and we have seen the explosive plays Mm -hmm. but you know it's crazy because I guess that's not really who Kirk Cousins is the head coach had to beg him push the ball down the field please please push it down the field they've had to sit him down they've had to beg him to throw the ball down the field and when he has He's done well. Do you think maybe Kyle Shanahan could do a better job of encouraging Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the deep ball? Or do you I, think that Kyle designs the office the way it is because it's just like, you just can't do it? I mean, we see how he we see how he plays it at, at the end of the first half. Like, he never gets really super aggressive either. So, like, I think we know the answer to that. I don't think Kyle wants him to push the ball if he doesn't have to, right? Unless it's wide open. Like, unless it's schemed wide open, he's not going to ask Jimmy to throw the ball down the field. And I think he understands the limitations with – you know, and Jimmy is not Jimmy. Jimmy doesn't have like a noodle arm, but he doesn't have the strongest arm to push things downfield, get there in time fast enough, unless someone's wide open, right? It's rare that you see that big that big playability. Like, I know people reference 2019 with the Kittle throw, but he was wide open. There was like literally no one against it, no one around him for like seven yards. The Debo pass, that was underthrown. Debo had to save his ass on that one. Um, I think the best ball he threw was the one against the Rams where he's on the run rolling out and threw a rocket to Ross Dwelly. And that was about 25 yards downfield. Like you don't get to, you don't see those things that often from him. That's the frustrating part because you know, he has it in him. You know that he's done it before. I would rather him take those shots and take the risk than not. I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? 
Right. So uh, I wanted to get to this question while I have you on here. I know you have to leave soon, but he says, uh, if we happen to make the playoffs with Jimmy starting, do you think he comes back next year? If he does, do you think that's the right decision? All right. So uh, I'll kind of give my perspective on this. I, I think it's tough because at some point you have to really work on bringing Trey Lancer uh, along, right? And this is not a process of just out of nowhere, Trey Lancer is going to hit the ground running. Out of mm -hmm. nowhere, he's going to look great. Out of nowhere, he's going to look great in practice. You know, I've seen, you know, a lot of rookie quarterbacks in practice and games and whatnot. And a lot of times, most of their success comes from just being gamers because they're they're still kind of sped up a little bit mentally. And in practice, you don't get as many reps. I even remember going back to, you know, my time with the New York Jets training camp. You got uh, Geno Smith, not even training camp, OTAs, training camp, all that. and Gino, I mean, he wasn't, I mean, all most of the reps are going to Mark Sanchez, you know? So Gino would come in and if Gino messes up on, I don't know, let's say two, you know, two throws that are really ugly, but he only has, you know, maybe four throws in that drill as opposed to the 10 that Mark Sanchez gets, you know, or stuff like that. Like it's hard to bring a rookie around along that way because there's just no chance for him to really get his mistakes out and i think a lot of things as a rookie a lot of it is getting you have to get those mistakes out to, to learn from them and a lot of times it's not going to be pretty then you have to learn to work through that right so when you look at trey lance and him coming back i don't i don't know what he's looking like in practice but i'd assume that it's probably not the greatest and i think from that standpoint the more you play jimmy garoppolo is going to be like well Jimmy's playing well. He's been efficient. And I think those thoughts will kind of leak into your head more to for him to kind of come back. But I just think that that's, it's really more so the wrong way to go about it. Like, if it were me, I mean, I would have cut bait with Jimmy from the jump. Not because Trey Lance is better than him day one, but because it's, look, we're all in on you. We're focusing on you. You're going to make your mistakes. We're going to live with those mistakes. And we're going to help you continue to get better. They didn't do that. And I think the more they drag this out, the more it's, you know, it's just a tougher situation, not just to make the decision to start Trey Lance, but really to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo as well. What are kind of your thoughts on that? Um, I think no matter what they do this, this season, I think Jimmy's gone next year. I, I don't think you can bring back $25 million when you need to figure out if you're going to pay Debo Samuel. Start prepping for the Nick Bosa contract, right? These things are coming up. What do you do with Lakin Tomlinson? And you know this team is going to have to rebuild in free agency in some to some extent, right? Because you do have 34 free agents. Where is that money going to come from? Are you going to restructure um, Eric Armstead's deal? Maybe. Are you going to extend Jimmy Ward? Like, they're going to need money to do these things and to operate. I know the cap is going up, but still $25 million on a, on a lame duck quarterback doesn't make any sense. And to restructure Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't make any sense either because then you're giving him more money to not be here, right? right. So that doesn't make any sense to me either. So no matter what they do, I think they're going to – I think him making the playoffs only ups his trade value so they can get something back. You know, if they if they somehow get a second for Jimmy Garoppolo, that's a net positive because they gave up a second for him five years ago. So you can get that second back, whether, whether it's, you know, pick 40, pick 45, pick 50, whatever it might be, that's a positive because you sent, what, pick 36 at the time for him. That's the way to do it. So, yes, if he play, I hope he plays well because if he plays well, the Niners are winning. So I think we all want that to happen. But we also want to play well so that we get something out of this situation to recoup whatever picks there were. You know, during the offseason, I had read something in Dieter Kurtenbach of KMBR had wrote that the highest that they were, they were offered was a six-round pick. 
for Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, the Niners aren't going to take that. Why would they take a sixth round pick right. for that? That it's it's it was he has more value on the team than he does off the team at that point. Right. So keep that. Um, so if he plays well, and they make the playoffs. They're only going to up his value. And you know, a team like Washington, you've brought it up. A team like the Giants, maybe they give up, they give into it. But you know, some it's all about the timelines of whatever team he might go to. Like Washington has players around; they can probably use a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. The Giants are kind of going to be doing a whole rebuild, so maybe you don't want Jimmy there. Um, the Saints, Saints, Saints yeah. makes a ton <laughs> of sense. You know, you have the Eastern Illinois connection with uh, Sean Payton, or Northern is it Eastern? Eastern, it's Eastern, yeah. Eastern with Sean Payton and Jimmy Garoppolo, so they have that connection, and they have the playmakers around to kind of mask and hide Jimmy's deficiencies, right? Watch him go down to New Orleans and start chucking the ball everywhere because Sean Payton, you know, actually likes his guys and lets them throw everywhere. Um, Saints make a ton of sense. Washington makes a ton of Steelers? sense. I don't know about the Steelers. I'm from Pennsylvania, bro. Steelers, Pittsburgh is a tough spot to play, and I don't know if that fan base would accept going from Ben Roethlisberger all those years to Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's something tough. I think they'd rather go the route of an Aaron Rodgers if they're going to go veteran or do what they always do and just develop a guy in the first round, whether that's, you know, this rookie class is kind of cheeks, but we'll see. But I, I think, I don't think Jimmy's here next year. He, and he can't be because to me, if he's here next year, that means he's probably going to play. And then you have three years of no Trey Lance actually playing live football. That's not, that's probably not very good for his development. And it's not, I understand it's, you know, the Aaron Rodgers model. Uh-oh. Did we lose him? You guys still got me? All right. I think y'all still got me. I don't know what happened with my guy, Javi. I, I don't know if he froze. If I froze, y'all let me know. Y'all Okay, so he froze. Y'all see me, though, right? Make sure we're still good. I think Javi is still froze. All right, so, um, he was, dang, man, that sucks. Javi was on fire. I got Javi was on fire. <laughs> All right. Again, I appreciate everybody that's in here right now. Make sure if you like this show, if you're new to the show, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, HBO, uh, Achi, Achi, B-O. <laughs> I hope I said that right. I hope we answered your question. He doesn't think Jimmy will be around. I, I do think, you know, the longer he's there, it could get a little weird. But if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say, 5% chance Jimmy Garoppolo is back next year. That That's not, it, it's, it, it just doesn't make sense for how much you gave up for Trey Lance, what you're trying to do, how you're trying to move forward uh, from, uh, uh, let me see, Javi just texted me. He says, it kicked me. All right, I don't know what what happened to Javi. We'll see if he clicks back in. He, he was on a roll just now. But uh, yeah, I I don't see a way that they bring him back. Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the, the best case scenario for them is he plays well enough to make the playoffs. It makes him more desirable to another team and you're able to get more draft capital for him. So that's just kind of my position on that and kind of how I see it. And really just this, this situation, you know, and we talked about how we got here. And I think a lot of it is just kind of knowing what someone's quote unquote ceiling is and kind of seeing what he is and what he isn't. And then ultimately uh, understanding that at some point, we got to get more. We got Javi back. All yeah, right. my internet kicked me for some reason. I got that. I don't know. <laughs> and my house is like, I hate even saying it like this, but I have like a 2,700 square foot house and my modem is downstairs. And I got these extenders and they still don't work. It's just, it's frustrating at this so, point. So I'm, I'm like that. My house is like a little bit over 3,000 square feet. And I said, South I'm living, in, bro. I, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> and then, so I'm in like this, 
it, it used to be like a mud room, all right. But it's like a, it's just like a little room, got a little sink in here, little door. The laundry room is outside that door right there. Yeah. So, um, my my where where I record at, I actually had to get a separate modem. See, see it's down here. Let's see. Right oh, there. okay. So I had to get a separate modem. So I I actually basically pay for two modems. So we got you know Wi-Fi and everything throughout the house. This is actually a totally different modem that's in here. Mm. And that's what helped. Otherwise, my my Wi-Fi it wouldn't work in here either. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang them up soon though. I got I got a big promotion, so this is probably the last year of Javi on these uh, streams. Oh no! A large Why? promotion. I got a really large job promotion, so busy, 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 yeah. busy, busy. I understand, man. I, I I get it. All right, but I know you had to get out of here, man. Any last words before you get out? First, let everybody know. I talked about you. I introduced <clears throat> you, and I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure most of the people know who Javier Vega is. But let them know where they can find you at. Uh, yeah, you can check me out on Twitter, Javier Vega underscore, and then, of course, the 4th and Gold podcast. Um, do we think this team makes playoffs, Croc? I still, I got, like, 15 minutes. This team making the playoffs? Oh, okay, good. Okay, so, um, yes. When, when I look at how everything is kind of laid out to them, I've kind of – I've really been on this thing, even watching them early, and I think that was the most frustrating part and really the most interesting part. Uh, you got everybody congratulating you on the, on the promotion and everything, man. Uh, I've always felt like the 49ers, they, like, it's like we're, we're not a bad team. We have the guys, but they just had to find ways to get out of their own way. Now, mm -hmm. most people would tell you, you know, them turning the ball over, committing penalties and things like that, that were leading two losses. It's like, well, that's just the signs of a bad team. Maybe that's who they are. But I just, I didn't quite believe that. And I think what we've seen over the last two weeks, again, I'm not trying to just hype those games up. But I do think that if the 49ers can play, and it, not, not to say they got to run, the ball 86 times in two games, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that is, my mama said, congratulations on your performance. Thank you, mama. Um, that is, that's extreme. But I do think that we've seen this team and the way that they want to win and how they can win. And I would assume that, yeah, this is a playoff team. We thought it moving in, uh, coming into the season, we, you know, the 49ers were like, oh, Super Bowl caliber type team. Like, so, Again, I think if they could just continue to play how they've been playing, again, it, it, you're not going to be able to run the ball 86 times over two weeks, but just run the ball efficiently, not turn the ball over a ton, uh, not com commit a ton of penalties. If they can continue to play that brand of football, I think they'll be all right. I think Javi is frozen again. Well, all right. But, yeah, I do believe that the 49ers are a playoff team. Uh and you guys have heard me kind of say that. And obviously, it, it got a little weird. Okay, we got Javi back. It got a little weird with the 49ers being a playoff team uh, because, you know, it just was like, man, like, there, there's something off, right? There's yeah. something just not quite quite right. I think we're starting to see them, you know, be back to what they're, they're supposed to be. And if they just limit the turnover, I, I'd say if it was, if I felt like the 49ers were overachieving over the last two weeks, then I'd be like... I don't know. But I, I don't think they're overachieving. I think they no. have the players to be able to play that brand of football. You got Debo Samuel. He's terrific. You got Ayuk. He's coming along. You got George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in the league. You got Jimmy. You got the best tackle, damn near best football player in the entire league yeah. in Trent Williams, right? Like, I feel like you got a run game with Elijah Mitchell as long as he's on the field. Like, the defense is playing well. I think the pass rush could be better. And I think if you want to say, are we a Super Bowl caliber team, I'd say, ah, 
that pass rush not really being able to get home consistently, yeah. it scares me a little bit. But just overall, when I look at this roster, there's good players everywhere. And I look at it like, why, why can't they be? And they should have been playing how they've been playing uh, the last couple weeks. They should have been playing like that the whole time. Yep. And it, it started to get it started to get weird. It started to get weird with the penalties and stuff. But I do think they are they're, – they're finally kind of like, all right, this is – I think this is who y'all are. This is who I thought y'all were coming to the season. Can we keep it going? I think this this game, uh, this weekend, that, that this is a big game. This is a playoff game. Yeah. For them. So right now, New York, the New York Times has like a um, a simulator. The Niners are fifty percent chance to make the playoffs, the wild card, right? If they beat the Vikings, that goes to sixty five percent chance to make the playoffs. And then you got the Seahawks, the Bengals, the Falcons, the Titans, the Texans, and the Rams. The last seven games, if you go five and two down the stretch, you should make the playoffs. Now, what are those two losses? Maybe at the Titans because it's a short week. It's in it's in Tennessee. It's probably cold. You know, we don't know how well Jimmy Garoppolo plays in the cold weather. We haven't really seen him play in the cold weather because he's always either indoors in December or in Santa Clara. Those things kind of matter. Um, I, I, I mean, the frustration beginning of the year, like you should have won. You should have beat the Colts, right? You should have beaten the Arizona. If you're if you win one of those two games, this is not even a conversation. Like a lot of the stuff that we were saying at the time is like, what's going on? Um, they should be fine. It's just. The Vikings, the Vikings scare me because because of their ability to throw. And I know you're higher on our secondary than I am, but can anyone cover Justin Jefferson on this team? Okay. So when you say I'm higher on the secondary, you're higher than I, I am. I do think I think that we we all probably view the secondary the same in the sense of, you know, who is the guy, right? Especially yeah. like at the corner. Mosley's playing good. Mosley's playing well, really good. Yeah, he's playing well. But when I look at the 49ers secondary and how they play, they don't play bad. Like, would I like to have somebody yeah. other than Josh Norman out there? Sure. Josh Norman definitely had some uh, – he has weird moments, right? But when you look at just kind of a majority of the game, I think the secondary, they play well. They're not bad. They haven't been giving up the big plays. And I'm talking about, like, especially your starter group, right? Now yeah. we can talk about Hufunga coming in and him having a match with Christian Kirk running up the field. That's not ideal. And typically Hufunga is not going to be in that situation. But when you have him and Tavon Wilson, it's kind of like, all right, yeah. Tavon Wilson, he gave up the big play. But our corners typically don't give up the big play. Our secondary typically doesn't give up the big play. I think they do well. I think they do a good job of limiting explosive plays. So when I look at how, you know, Justin Jefferson has been winning vertically and things like that, I – Maybe he does. Maybe it does happen just because he's that good, but that hasn't been an issue typically for the 49ers, especially when they have this group out there that they have now. So I think that's what makes me a little bit encouraged by the second day. I think they're fine. I don't think they're the issue. The issue, how people think about the secondary, they need to flip that and talk about their pass rush and the run-stopping defense. We see it right here. Dude, 27th ranked defense in the NFL. They're not getting the job done. The pass rush, they're not getting the job done. The secondary, with no pass rush and not being able to run the ball, uh, stop the run well, the secondary is actually playing well, even even having to go through those hurdles. So those are things, you know, when I look I at think, the secondary, I'm just like, I, I think it's not sexy, but I think they're fine. I think Victor's comment is about this, the Vikings. They're 27th ranked defense. Oh, well, I thought the, the 49ers run defense. Oh, I did the DVOA numbers yesterday. So the DVOA for the 49ers now this is this is just one you know for you know one stat um the 49ers 
so far this season. They're seventh total DVOA as a team. Uh, offense is fourth. Passing offense is fifth. Rushing offense is eighth. The 49ers defense is ranked 11th. Um, passing passing defense is 22nd. Rushing defense is third, according to Football Outsiders, on how they do their ranking with DVOA. So now part of me thinks that they were 20th last week because it, it, it's a it's a it uh, calculates every week and they were 20th last week. I think they dropped two spots because Ambry Thomas gave up a whole bunch of garbage yards, but that is uh, where they are. <laughs> yeah. But so I kind of have a little bit more meat, meat, uh, middle of the pack with, with the, yeah. Defensively, they're, they're defensively. They're a top 11 unit, the top 12 unit, excuse me. I expected them to be a top 10 unit. They might get there, but I think part of it is, you know, you said it, Josh Norman gives you a lot of weird moments and those weird moments sometimes can cost you. Hopefully, they don't cost you this week against the Vikings because I don't, I don't, you know, people wanted to argue this point. I just don't think the Niners are built to come from behind, right? Like, I don't think they're essentially like, hey, cool, we get down 14, we're just going to come roaring back. Like, they rather play what they played the last two weeks, get the ball first, go down the field in 13 minutes for 20 plays, get a field goal and seven points, control the clock all the way through. I just don't understand. I don't, I don't think they're prepared to get into a shootout this year. As they were, I'd say my 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 only pushback on that, Javi, would be we actually saw them fall behind what 17-0 to the Packers, and with they now they they lost, but I'm saying like in the sense of what they are capable of doing, yeah. And the Vikings, and we do, we talked to our guy, guy Luke Brown last night on Locked On 49ers. Mm-hmm. If you haven't already, Locked On uh, 49ers episodes out right now. I actually just retweeted, so go listen to that uh, after you watch this show, of course. But um. Oh myself, Brian Peacock locked on five days a week. BD but Peacock. Luke, Luke, yeah, BD Peacock. Uh, Luke Braun touched on the fact that the Vikings jump out to leads mm-hmm. and then they let teams come back. Now, obviously, yeah. ideally, the 49ers don't want to fall behind, but if you do want to say, well, can the 40 can they play from behind? That's my thing. Like, just can you do it? Are you just down and out? They were down 17-0 to the Packers and they were leading with 30 seconds. 37 seconds left and just had a brain fart on defense with the rookie quarterback, Yamato Lenore, cornerback. So I I look at it like, yeah, obviously you don't want to fall behind. But I don't think this is a team that just can't. But we do know that that's not what they feel their recipe is for them to be victorious in the game. That's fair. That's fair. And I, I guess my thing is like, I know we got it. We got it one time this year. Can Jimmy throw you to a victory? Like we got it once. Like we we got it one time this year, but... Is it something that you can ask him to do if you needed to do it, you know, a second or third or fourth time throughout a season? Now, I don't think the Vikings defense is that good, and I don't think their corner is that great. So hopefully this is a big brand Ayuk game. Hopefully it's a Kittle game. Um, I, haven't, I haven't dug in all the way through, but there's possibly – oh, yeah, don't forget about the backward pass. Yeah. That was weird. That's when so, I was like, all right, Jimmy. Like, I'm, it's getting hard to defend you. <laughs> yeah, you can't even throw him bail on that one. He's just like, he's like, and then he said, uh, I, I thought it was a fumble. I'm like, Jimmy, bro, you threw it backwards. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I just think this team wants to wants to do what they've done the last two weeks. I think that's what they want to do like all the time. I just don't know if you can all the time. And I think, you know, long drives like that, you know, that's just when you need a quick score, can they give you a quick score? We've seen them do it. Like, they did it against the Colts, which is so frustrating because you went down the field in three plays and scored. But you wanted to be methodical the rest of the game. Like, if you need to score, just score. Kyle, we know you're good enough, and you know your quarterback can 
at least execute most of your offense. Just do it. What what are we waiting for? Why do we need to delay these things in the middle of a game when you might need it? You need a score. That's the shit that's so frustrating with with Kyle and, and this Jimmy Garoppolo like bad marriage because they don't. There's literally I don't to me there's no trust there. Like there's just nothing. These two are always bumping heads. I, I don't say I don't think they're bumping heads, but the point is. Kyle can dial it up for three plays against the Colts and boom, you're in the end zone, but he'd rather give the guy 13, 14 plays and limit as many snaps as Jimmy Garoppolo takes throwing the ball. You know what I'm saying? You know, I do think, and and that's part of the things when you have a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, for whatever reason, you just kind of lack that vertically vertical passing game. And, uh, hopefully at some point they figure out a way to be able to attack that level of the field because it just opens up things for you. And maybe it doesn't happen this year. Maybe it happens next year when you have Trey Lance, who is really, and we've seen his eyes. His eyes work touchdown and check down. You got to kind of teach him. You got to yeah. teach him like, hey, you know, you can throw this five-yard pass, you know, and you don't have to throw it 100 miles an hour. So Trey Lance, once he gets more comfortable, I think that's what's really going to open everything up for the 49ers, being able to throw outside the numbers. You know, obviously yeah. that hasn't been a strength of Jimmy Garoppolo. Being able to throw, and when I say not a strength, because – somebody will post a clip, Rombo or somebody, <laughs> they'll post a clip of Jimmy throwing an out route and be like, oh, God, he can't throw an out route. Like, and it's like, dude, we've watched four years of Jimmy Garoppolo. We what is, we know what his strengths and his weaknesses are and yeah. you know, aren't. He, a strength of his is not throwing outside the numbers. Can he complete a pass outside the numbers? Sure. He's an NFL quarterback, but we know that that's not consistently how he's, how he wins, all right? So, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, Jimmy, not a strength of his, Trey Lance, he's able to throw to all levels of the field. Now it's just building that that efficiency with Trey Lance and getting him to be the best uh, from a pure passing standpoint that he can be, and then yeah. utilizing the God-given ability. And, and I always talk about, and you can let me know what you think about this, I always talk about uh, quarterbacks and how they just win different, right? We talked about that a little bit Monday, Monday mm-hmm. morning quarterback with my guy, uh, Greg Pinelli. But quarterbacks win different. The, the way that it looks when Tom Brady plays is more like what it looks like when Mac Jones plays, right? J- like just with how they play, the brain, right? what it kind of looks brain. like, right? But that's a different way than what it looks like with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and mm-hmm. some of those quarterbacks. Oh, Lamar Jackson, he's in a whole different uh, tier Here. of yeah. how he wins. So you can't look at a quarterback. It's hard to compare, guys. It's hard to compare it's going to be hard to compare Matt Jones and Trey Lance just in their numbers because they are the way they win. It's going to look so much different. It's just going to look different yeah. from an efficiency standpoint, from a pushing the ball down the field standpoint, you know, obviously like the way that Trey Lance is going to be able to utilize his legs to his extent. So when Trey Lance does play, there are going to be throws that he just misses. Oh, There's yeah. going to be some other plays where you're like, Ooh, Jimmy would never even attempt that. But also you can flip that and say, there's going to be a throw that Jimmy might make, and you might say, whoo, Trey Lance might not attempt that, yep. attempt that. But again, it's going to be just different ways that they win. And I think that is going to allow the 49ers to push the ball vertically once Trey Lance really gets in there and gets, gets more comfortable in the offense. What are kind of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that's a new way to think about it. I like that. Uh, you, you, you said it. Guys win differently, like Mac and, and Tom. And I'm, and I'm not saying they're the same player, Drew Brees. These guys win with their brain. You know what I mean? Because they understand that they have certain limitations. Now, Tom, Tom still has a good arm and things like that. But he, as he progressed through his career, it was all about what he saw pre-snap and post-snap. And he was just working with his brain. And he would 
manipulate the pocket really well. Same thing with Mac Jones. Mac Jones manipulates the pocket very, very well. Like he can't move, but he can move in that two by two space, right? Like right. that's where that, remember those tennis narratives? He played tennis in college or whatever. Um, and then you have guys, like you said, Josh Allen, who will play backyard football and Mahomes who said he didn't know what a nickel defense was until the middle of his second year. Like those guys have to make those off to off schedule plays. And that's what you're going to real quick. Not, hold on. I see somebody say Rombo is the best. I'll say this about Rombo and everybody knows I'm very respectful towards everybody. I, I don't care. Like I Rombo, I follow Rombo on Twitter. I follow him on Instagram. All I'm speaking to is like the, the Jimmy G like love, like Jimmy G love affairs. Rombo's cool. Yeah. Rombo's cool. Rombo don't bother nobody. He's staying in his lane. He does his thing and he's doing an excellent job yeah. at it. His show is awesome with how he does it. That's his thing. He's, he's awesome at what he does. Uh, I'm just talking about how it's like Jimmy Garoppolo is like Tom Brady to him. And yeah. I'm just like, come on, Rombo. Like, he's not, you know what I'm saying? But Rombo, yeah. cool though. Rombo, he ain't never, uh, you know, been weird towards me or anything like that. And anybody else. Matter of fact, I mean, I don't, I don't even see him really talk to, I don't know. Rombo stay in his lane. He do his thing. So yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to kind of clarify that because I don't want to come off as if I'm like, Sam Rombo's like a clown or something like that. Like, you know, that he he cool. He do it was weird when he ate the cat food. He ate the cat food. He had the little cat. That was weird. But Rombo, he do his own thing, man. Like, and, and much love. He got his own platform, and his platform is awesome. He does an amazing job doing it. He's one of the kind of the one of the pioneers in the yeah. 49ers YouTube game. So shout out to Rombo. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. My bad. Uh no, you're good. But I I I agree. There's, you know, when you when you say Jimmy can't throw outside the numbers and they just post the one clip, it's like, bro, just post. Why don't you post a really good one? Post the good Marquise Goodwin one where he's coming across the field and hits him on in stride against the Browns. Like no one ever wants to talk about that pass. That was one of his best passes. But yeah, I, I agree. Uh, with quarterbacks win differently. It's kind of how you taught me with with corners. Like how do you win as a corner? It's the yeah. same situation. You know, you have guys like Sherman who will he knows he can't beat you with his physical attributes, but he can beat you with his brain, right? And then you got right. Jalen Ramsey who can just do both. You know what I mean? That's a similar situation. I actually really like that. It's a really good way to think about it. Um, and with Jimmy, just to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo, I think Jimmy, we know Jimmy can beat you with his quick release. Like he can execute this quick game offense because he has that skill. And that's kind of how he can beat you there too. But he also is relying on the run game and a coach who can scheme a lot of these things open for him. Um, and I think I, I do like what Kyle has done over the last three games with a lot more shotgun. I want to say it's like, it's over a hundred snaps out of shotgun now. And he's being a lot more efficient. Hey, and whatever works, whatever works to make this guy look better and help him out, because that's your job as a coach, right? I know we give a lot of shit to Jimmy Garoppolo, but hey, Kyle, what took you so long? Like, why? Why did it take so long to, to figure like, oh, maybe I should put this guy in shotgun and not have him turn his back to the defense? Because you know that maybe his processing isn't there, right, to run your sophistic, sophisticated play-action offense, right? So just put him in shotgun and occasionally use the play-action as a, you know, as a benefit. You know what I mean? As just like a, as an add-on to your offense. Yeah, see, so the the turning the back to the defense thing, I think the tough thing is when you look at Kyle Shanahan's offense, really, and just kind of how it's structured. And what's, and the crazy thing is the Vikings, talking to Luke Brown last night, locked on, 40, uh, locked on 49ers, locked on Vikings uh, crossover. Make sure you guys listen to that. It's on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. But listening to Luke Brown, the Vikings, too, have done more straight drop back than the big, big bootlegs and having Cousins turn his back to a defense. I think the t tough thing in the offenses are kind of similar. 
right? You got the Kubiak, uh, Shanahan. You know, Shanahan learned under Kubiak with his time with the Texans, I believe it was. So, um, and I think Kubiak maybe coached with Mike Shanahan. There, there's a connection there. It's all kind of intertwined. But the offense is, is very similar. Anyways, ideally what you want is you want to bring those linebackers up and open up the big shots behind. So when you look at, uh, you know, you look at a Jimmy Garoppolo, when you got the, the outside zone, you got to stretch runs, right? When you're, you know, you got to stretch, you're coming here, coming here, and then boom, big bootleg out. And you now, yeah, you're, you're back. What turned to the defense a little bit? You want to bring those linebackers up and hit those crossers behind. Like, that's been a staple of the 49ers offense. And when you do straight dropbacks or you start off in shotgun, you kind of you kind of limit that. You, you, you limit that. So, you know, that's a part where it's like Kyle is probably looking at Jimmy like, dude, you're taking away part of my bread and butter here. And how, you know, the multiple looks that we do in the run game. But even then, Kyle has done a really good yeah. job of pivoting off of that. Yeah, there was one play uh, where he hit Ayuk on that crosser, and then he hit uh, Kittle on that drift route uh, against the Jags. So there was there's still some elements of the play action in there. So hopefully, hopefully we get a little bit more mixture of it. But I, I do like the shotgun look. I, I mean, I'd rather not have the turnovers from Jimmy, right? If the turnovers are going to come from somewhere, maybe just don't have them come from Jimmy. That would be ideal. Um, yeah. You know, they just. I think they found their groove. I think they found what they're looking for. Last time I was on here, I was giving Kyle the blues on, you know, him having too much on his plate and everything like that. I still think that way. I still think you should just be coaching and developing your guys and letting your front office take care of your, your, uh, you know, personnel decisions and things like that. But, you know, they've turned the corner, hopefully being 500, we'll see where they are, you know, at the end of this week. And, um, but, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta roll here crock in a few minutes, but, um, Thank, thanks for having me on, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, bro, and happy everyone else who's watching. One more time, real quick, before you head out, let everybody yeah. know where they can find you, bro. Yeah, just check me out on Twitter at Javier underscore, and then um, we are going to do a live podcast tonight with my buddy Fernando at Fourth and Go Podcast. Uh, it'll be on YouTube tonight as well. Just reviewing the Jags win and then previewing the Vikings hopeful win and previewing that game and figuring that out. I will leave you with this uh, stat. Jimmy Garoppolo has never gone three games without an interception mm. right now he's at two this will be the third game so hopefully he doesn't throw a pick this week <laughs> all right hopefully he does it well all right javi man you have a good one and again uh congrats on the promotion bro thanks brother that's what's up all right later guys all right that's my guy javi air vega let me get to this right here super chat jimmy g can't see Kendrick in the middle of the field that has been something that it can hurt Jimmy a little bit. He was trying to. I don't know if Jimmy sees linebackers in the middle of the field in general. He has been doing better this year. Hopefully Kendricks isn't able to get him. Talking to uh, you know, again, locked on uh Vikings host Luke Braun. He talked about Kendricks and kind of how he plays and how he can get quarterbacks. And hopefully he doesn't get Jimmy Grobble in this game. But we all have those nightmares of that NFC or in, yeah, NFC division around playoff game where Jimmy just kept trying to throw the ball to Kendricks. Kendricks ended up getting them one time. Hopefully that's not something that uh, is a big issue heading into this week game. Appreciate you, Melf Hunter, for the uh, contribution. And now I want to open the floor up to y'all. You know, talk for another 30 minutes or so. Right here. Boom. Boom. Get you guys going in the chat. So feel free. Come on. And we're going to talk about whatever it is that you guys want to get into. Uh, as I'm bringing you guys on, make sure you guys, again, download the app, Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. You feel me? Download the app. Hey, 
We've gone through it already, and we'll go through it. I don't know if we're going. Are we going on Thanksgiving? You guys, let me know if we're going to go on Thanksgiving or not. Uh, but um, you know, underdog fantasy, get into you know betting some games. If you're a betting man, I like to do little wagers and over unders. I love the player element of it, being able to do over unders on players. All that stuff is awesome. So underdog fantasy, download the app or go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code Crocky. All right, promo code Crocky. And again, I talked about it. Manscaped. Hey, got that Manscaped. A lot more 4.0. You know what I'm saying? Got the uh, ball deodorant. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'll talk about it, man. Don't walk around looking crazy. Get sexy for your lady. All right. Uh, Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Promo code Crocky. And right now, they got 25% off all their products throughout this uh, Thanksgiving break. So if you want 25% off, use that promo code Crocky. You're going to get it. Any other time, still use promo code Crocky and you'll get 20% off your order. I had one of my buddies, he ordered one. It was like 80 something bucks. He put in my promo code, knocked it down to 60 something dollars. You feel me? So we're knocking off money and we're knocking off hair off your body in all the right places. So promo code Crocky, Manscaped, get, get right, man. Get right. All right, here we go. Got my mom in here. She's laughing at me. Mom, hey, get, get, get Pop some too. He might want the Manscaped. You know, mom, you know, hey, got it right here. Get them right. Get them right. You know, got the ball you ordered for them. Got the little spritz spray, mom. All that good stuff. So, you know, underdog, uh, I mean, underdog, <laughs> Manscaped, promo code Crocky. You know, right. Got my mom in here. It's always good. All right, we got a good amount of folks in here. So what we're going to do is I'm going to try to keep it, keep it short for the most part. You know, you know what I'm saying? Get you on, you know. He's with Manscaped. Wow. I almost feel like I've been cheated on. All right, I've almost feel like I've been cheated on. But anyways, promo code Crocky. Ooh, we in here deep today. Okay, y'all got something on your mind. So we came on here talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, with Javi, we got into a different conversation about just really kind of Jimmy, matchups, things like that. But we want to get back to Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of some of your thoughts on Garoppolo or whatever it is that y'all want to, you know, talk about. So uh, here we go. First person on. Got my guy, Roscoe. What's good, Roscoe? Oh, I made it first today? Oh, okay. I see. I see. Oh, hey, I was coming on to say, yeah, we're doing, we doing a Thanksgiving show tomorrow because if there's sports tomorrow, that means you got to do your show tomorrow. We need right, our right. morning talk show. <laughs> All right, I got to do it. So my dog Chris said I got to do it, so I'm going to be on tomorrow morning, uh, same time. Actually, we'll be on our typical ah, – we'll come on at – what? Let's do 8 a.m. Pacific. Let's do 8 – 8 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We'll do that. So we'll come on for an hour. You know, some of y'all cooking and stuff like that. Got some of the ladies in here and everything. But, uh, yeah, but but go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. And then, you know, as we talked about yesterday, uh, happy Thanksgiving, best dish, macaroni and cheese. My mom cooked better than all your moms. I'm sorry. Oh, you know my mom's in here. And uh, my, mom, my mom got a uh, – my mom got a contract cooking for everybody at Netflix. Come on, man. Talk, come on. Stop playing, man. Hey, shout out to your moms. I didn't say your moms. I said everybody in the chat. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, my mom is in the chat, so, you know. Oh, yeah, okay. You. Well, you know what? Look, my mom makes good macaroni and cheese, okay? <laughs> hey, so we had a conversation about Jimmy Garoppolo. You had a conversation about Jimmy Garoppolo that led to a lit space yesterday. And, uh, I mean, some dude came on talking crazy about Trey Lance. And I got a question. 
for Jimmy G lovers, because there are still Jimmy G lovers out there, like hardcore Jimmy G lovers. Are you still going to be a Niners fan when he leaves? And are you guys going to judge Trey Lynch harsh because Jimmy G is gone or or because we didn't draft the person that you wanted because we know there's some Mac Jones people out there who thought the Niners should have drafted Mac Jones. We have some people who thought the Niners should have drafted Justin Fields. My question is, I want to know, are those people going to judge Trey Lance fairly or overly judge him because, because we didn't draft their guy? Chris, you know the answer to that. You saw, you saw, you got the response to that when Trey Lance played a game against Arizona that was not bad, right? When you look at his first start against other rookie quarterbacks' first starts this year and how his first start matched up better than a lot of the other guys, but still he got the narrative that he can't, he's not ready, and he's not doing, he can't do this, he can't do that. Oh, look, oh, oh man, look, they had to run him like this. Like, we saw it. So everybody, what they're going to do is they're going to use that comp. What confirmation bias, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. and yep. they're gonna use every little thing to say, see, look, I was I was right, I was right. Oh, look, look at this throw right here. You missed that. Like I was oh, should have had Mac Jones, and they're not gonna give this thing a chance to play out. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, and this is what I've learned. It don't matter what everybody else says every time a guy plays or every time a guy has a throw. We gotta wait over time. I made that mistake with Josh Allen, and again, I'm not calling him Josh Allen, but I made the mistake of saying Josh Allen. Oh, he, you know, oh man, he's trash. He can't do this. And all his early, his first year and most of the second year or whatever, it was just confirming what I thought of him throughout the draft process, which was that he was inaccurate, wasn't a good quarterback, all that. And now, shoot, there's not four quarterbacks I would take over Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying? So Woo. at the end of the day, I've learned, gotta let these things kind of play out, bro. But most people, it, it depending on who you're listening to or who you're talking to, they're, they're not going to do that. They're not going to look at, where where what it is that we're working towards and let me just say this jimmy garoppolo has been solid these yeah. last four games and all we need to do is all we need for him to do is keep it up and as he keep up his play guess what draft uh draft trades come in where we possibly can get third round second round fourth round uh, somebody brought up the fact we can even do a deal like like Cousins got or how Darnold got. I mean, and, and you brought up these scenarios where, like, these guys is trash, and they was getting traded for two twos, a twos and a threes. That's what I'm saying, man. Turning into ones. Uh, Sam Bradford. I mean, all we need is a coach, a, a desperate coach to make a, a, a desperate decision. Fans value draft picks more than organizations. Promise you that. Fans would get, oh, first round, first round. These organizations, if they want a guy, okay, he's going to take this, let's go get him. Trust me. They will be quick to overpay for a guy. We've seen the 49ers do it. We've seen several different uh, situations with teams doing it, whether they're trading up to get a guy, and it's like, forget these draft picks, let's go get it. We've seen uh, guys trade for quarterbacks. I talk about Sam Darnold, who had been trashed his entire time with the Vikings, and what the Jets got for Sam Darnold, right? We're talking about multiple day two picks. Talk about Carson Wentz, who had the worst season last year in 2020 than anybody else. Got benched 
and still got a day two pick and another pick that was a second round that could be a first. And because he's playing more than 10 games, it's going to be a first for Carson Wentz, who had been trash. So, yeah, fans overvalue these draft picks more than uh, organizations. But I appreciate I'm you coming on. I'm going to get to the next caller. All right, bro. Thank you, crowd. All right. All right, here we go. Getting to the next caller here real quick. 2018 season opener, Jimmy. Three interceptions against Minnesota. I remember he got picked off by uh, Mike Hughes. That's the pick six. I think they were talking about uh, uh, Kendrick Bourne possibly running the wrong route. Came, turned outside instead of inside. He had the interception to, I think it was Harrison Smith, over the middle uh, late in that game when the 49ers somehow were down eight points. Still had an opportunity to drive down and, and tie the game up. And he had another pick. What was the other one? He did throw three. Damn, can't think of the other one. But, yeah, he definitely had three. All right. Appreciate the contribution, Milf Hunter. All right, here we go. Next up, next up. Got my guy Corey coming on. Corey, what's good with you, bro, bro? What's good? You know, I was uh, going to talk about that whole Jimmy Mac Jones situation, but like you said, I was hearing you talk, like, it don't make no sense to waste my breath on that whole, like, like we're going to let it play out. You know, like that whole situation needs on like three or four years, but uh, I, I think two about... years you'll start to know. Two yeah, years you'll, yeah, yeah, you'll yeah, start right, to right. really get a you know yeah, after yeah. year two, after year two, you'll start to get a sense of where guys are trending. Yes, you're correct. But I wanted to talk about uh, Trey Sermon. I, mm. I think this is where Kyle was is thinking about like you know it's a long season. You know, we need fresh running backs. Trey Sermon's a rookie, and I don't I don't think he wanted to to rush him in there like that, like, you know, and Trey Sermon is probably going to be our freshest running back coming in the back half of the season. I think his his carries are, is going to boost up like these last like eight to nine games. And I think having him sit is going to be, will benefit uh, us, you know, like going towards trying to make a playoff push. He'll definitely be fresh because he ain't getting carries yeah, like that exactly, right yeah. now. He hasn't, um, he hasn't, but like, yeah, I see it. Yeah. I don't think that He's not, but I, I don't think that's been the plan. Like, I don't think it's like, I don't hey, think it's been the not... plan, but shoot, yeah. I think, I think, I think that might work out though. But, um, right, right. but shoot, I'm gonna be at the game on Sunday, you know, I'm gonna be at the game on Sunday. I'm ready though, it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> All good. I'm gonna, hey, Corey, I'm gonna get you out of here, but everybody, yeah. Sunday, are you gonna be tailgating? Uh, nah, probably not. Nah, I'm just gonna pull up. What you gotta tailgate? You gotta, you know what I'm saying? Like that's part. That's I'm going to, the going to the next one. Well, people, let me know where y'all tailgating, man. Where I can get some food because I'm going by myself. You feel me? Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, y'all tap in with my guy Corey, man. What's yeah. your, you got Twitter? You got Instagram? Yeah, what you got? I'm on Working Twitter, Wally Thirty Two, the Wally Thirty Two. Tap in. Let me know where y'all tailgating, man. You feel me? I'll bring some. Yeah. Y'all tap in with my guy Corey. You know what I'm saying. Hit him on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. He going to come through. He going to bring a dish, you know what I'm saying, and make sure y'all connect. So he ain't at the game by himself, man. Let him give us some of the faith. Yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on. Yes, Corey. sir. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Here we go. Next person up. My guy, Logan. Logan, what's good with you? Oh, real quick, Logan. Hold on. Before, I wanted to address one question I saw here before I forget. Uh, Right here. If Jimmy leaves, more than likely, Kittle will leave as well. Strongly disagree. And I'll tell you why. We've seen an example of this. People kind of forget. George Kittle came in with C.J. Beathard. They were rookies together. They played at Iowa together. That was his guy. 
they trained together, they worked out together. I think they might even live in the same area, right? Like that was like his one of his best friends. Played at Iowa for four or five years, however long they were there together. All right. So he didn't leave or try to leave or try to not, not sign with the Niners when his best friend left. And another one of his great friends, Trent Taylor, right? That was his guy, Trent Taylor, too. They were like a little pack, Trent Taylor, Bether, Kittle. Like, it's a business. Y'all leave, I still got to do my thing. So, yeah, I disagree. If Jimmy leaves, Jimmy leaves. And Kittle, he's going to continue to do his thing. So, yeah, I I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be anything that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he ain't leaving. But I have to address that real quick. But, Logan, what's good, man? What's on your mind? Hey, man, uh, just about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, essentially, seems to be the topic of the day. Um, everyone, some people complain about his uh, pay, what he's getting paid every year. I just say quick check. He's like the 12th highest paid quarterback now in the league, and that's only going to continue right. to drop with this, this with the cap going up the way it is. I, don't, I think he might be a little overpaid, but it's not like an insane amount of money like it was when he signed that deal. Like, it's like there's like 10 quarterbacks making over 30 mil a year now. And they're talking about Taysom, Taysom Hill getting a ninety-five million dollar deal if he starts. He's just like, dude, that's what twenty-three mil a year for. I'm, I don't think he could start in the NFL, but I mean, um, for guys that really aren't that good, like Matt Ryan's making thirty-one a mil after that MVP year, though. But I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Brock? It's yeah, I, I do think the the money people when they talk about his contract, it's a bit exaggerated, right? Like, they're like, oh man, like you making all this money. Like you said, it goes down every year. Uh, it to a team that he goes to, it can be restructured as well. You know, I, I think if you're the 49ers, obviously you it's something you want to move off of because well, you have a rookie quarterback who's on a rookie contract, and you really want to take full that rookie deal, yeah. Contract. Yeah, as, as long as you can. Like that's the biggest point. And uh Grant Cohn, I remember Grant Cohn saying this, and this is annoying me. Like, man, why does he say this? Why does he say it? But I get it. Grant Cohn always talks about the money that quarterbacks make and how, you know, the percentage of that, you know, as it's opposed like 14% to 14% that month. Yeah, that it's like once number, it's over right? that, like typically mm-hmm. you're not winning. All yeah. Right? So, yeah, when you look at it from that standpoint, you, you want to be able to build around a young guy as much as you can, put as many pieces around him as possible, you know, win in that window, try to get that win out of there. And then once you got to pay a guy, Hopefully that quarterback is able to kind of you know sustain that play, but uh, in the salary yeah. cap uh, era, it's a little it's a little tough. It's a little Have tough. The but Seahawks yeah, made it back to the Super Bowl since they paid Russ all that money. Ooh, great question. I don't know. See, because I think he I think he might have gotten paid after the second Super Bowl, right? Second Super Bowl appearance. Because they dismantled the oh. Legion of Boom after that, and I don't I, I could be wrong. I don't know if he ever made it back after that. But I mean, but uh, I do. I also think Jamie's off the team next year. The Saints sounds like a great fit. Um, and I, I, if Sam Darnold is worthy of a second, I mean, Jimmy's worthy of a second. Like, it's insane. But, yeah, right. I'll, I'll hop <laughs> off here on that. And, uh, yeah, hey, have a good Thanksgiving, man. Hey, man, you too. Well, real quick, Logan, I want to ask you, what's your favorite dish on Thanksgiving? Oh, besides the turkey, you got to go the sweet potatoes with the mini marshmallows on top. Oh, and the brown sugar all too. over it, you know? That's my stuff. Uh, my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law makes that, man. And, and I'm not going to lie. It's amazing when she makes it. My mom, uh, she's in the chat. My mom makes this macaroni and cheese. She calls it cheese crack. You know what I'm saying? So just that's how addicted my mom's mac and cheese is. You know what I'm saying? She in the I'm chat right sure. now. 
Everybody's mom makes like LA that fake macaroni and cheese. Oh, it's so Listen, good. So good. <laughs> if y'all in the LA area and y'all want some of my mom's cheese crack, my mom does catering. She does some catering stuff for Netflix. She does some catering for parties and stuff like that. Y'all want some of that cheese crack? Holla at my mom. All right. But appreciate you coming on, Logan. Take it easy, man. All right. All right. Okay. Here we go. Next caller. I appreciate all y'all calling in. Everybody that made this show great. If you enjoyed this show, one of the 180, 190 people in here right now, uh, hit that like button if you like this. If you like what you're hearing, hit that subscribe button. Uh, Probably won't bring you on today, but probably bring you on tomorrow if I haven't. Uh, if you're not already in the queue. But next guy up, got my guy, Dion. What's good, fam? What's good with you, Crocky? How you doing, brother? I'm out. Hey, I'm chilling. Hey, you. Uh, I know you're in the LA area. You gotta highlight my mom. She got the cheese crack. But but what's good with you? She did. <laughs> hey, she did. She out there <laughs> serving plates. The funny thing, I'm I'm in Arizona actually, so I have oh, to yeah. tell my mom. I had to tell my mom to go holler at your mom to go get the cheese crack because she's in LA. So there you go. I might link <laughs> yeah. up and do that or whatever, but that'll work out. Um, quickly about the Jimmy G situation. The only thing I'll tell people is, is he playing well for what he's being asked to do? Yes. Will you take it? Yes. Do you expect that from your starting quarterback? Honestly, no. The reason being is, over the past two games, people, Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown 182 and 178 yards. Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown two TDs in both of those games. That's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I'm sorry. That's a rookie. Those are pedestrian numbers. Very pedestrian. You look at some of the top-tier quarterbacks in the league, I guarantee you, week in and week out, they're not throwing for under 200 yards and two touchdowns. So at this point, Jimmy is what he is. You take them with a grain of salt. You know you're only going to get so much, and you just got to deal with it. Um, to the point of next year, if they come back and they sit Trey Lance another year and bring Jimmy Garoppolo back, this fan base will erupt. And the reason being, and I'll be one of those people, the reason being is when you sit a quarterback for two years straight, long story short, you don't you sit them behind somebody with experience. Aaron Rodgers sitting behind Brett Favre made sense. You know what I'm saying? Joe Montana, uh, you know, uh, Steve Young sitting behind Joe Montana made sense. It does not make sense for Trey Lance to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo, who he's going to learn nothing from. He was drafted to replace him. So at the same time, it, it, you know, it, it, in some kind of small mental state, how am I going to respect a dude I'm drafted to replace? Because they didn't feel he was good enough. So I'm supposed to sit up here and learn from this cat? Like, really? This is what we're doing? So you, if you stunt his growth, that's three years without that young man playing football. And then everybody's going to give him a, a, all kinds of hell when he gets on the field and he makes a mistake. Oh, see, we should have drafted Mac Jones. Look, we should have kept Jimmy. What is this? What is that? If you don't give the young man the time and the reps, you can't expect him to get better. You can have mental reps all day. Okay, I could do mentally, I could do a billion sit-ups. Don't mean I'm gonna have a six-pack, because that's mentally. I didn't physically perform the act. So he said the problem with Jimmy is that he's uh he, that he just isn't the gunslinger, he's not a gunslinger. Style, flashy athlete most yeah. fans want. Jimmy can get it done. Fans want more excitement. Jimmy cannot get it done. Because Jimmy didn't th Jimmy didn't throw that touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. He overthrew Emmanuel Sanders. Jimmy has more shortcomings than he does uh you know what I'm saying, big wins. And when people give Jimmy a lot of credit, I tell people all the time, you have to look at certain things. 
you know, like everybody was like, oh, well, look at the Saints game. Kyle schemed up a pass from Emmanuel Sanders to, to Raheem Mostert. Take that pass away. We lose that game. The pass he threw to Kittle, where Kittle went and took off on that ridiculous run, that was shoelaces, and he had nobody near him. You can't even get the man the ball, and he was only a few yards away from you. So my thing is when people give Jimmy a ton of credit, I find ways to be able to, to, to just tell them, look, man, yes, is he playing well? Okay, good. But he's not doing anything overly spectacular. Yes, we want more excitement. We want somebody that's going to throw it down the field on the cage, and we need to do to make it pass outside of numbers. I'll tell you this. I don't have any faith if we get into a game where we have to just strictly throw the ball that Jimmy can win it. I don't. That's just me. And though that's been proven, if we get into a shootout with the Vikings, there's a high probability we lose because Jimmy likes to throw the ball over the middle. And Eric Kendrick is going to eat that ass alive. And I hate Eric Kendrick because he went to USC. And I love Anthony Barr because I'm a UCLA guy. But that's just <laughs> that, that. That's my take on that. But I'll go ahead and jump off. But for the people out there, it's just slow you roll. He's not doing anything crazy. He's just doing some basic shit. And that tells you that your coach doesn't have faith in you because he ran the ball 86 times versus you throwing the ball 41 in two weeks. That that doesn't tell me that they're saying, oh, this is our identity. We're going to run the ball. No team wants to run the ball over 40 times a game. No team. Because even though we have the backs and the line to do it, it gets tiring. And think about it like this. A 22-play drive, you ate up the whole first quarter, and you missed a wide open touchdown for all y'all out there that's loving jimmy g come on man anybody could have made that throw i'm 40 years old and not in the best shape of my life i could have lofted the ball to jeff wilson jr with no pressure in my face come on now but i love you croc my favorite dish for thanksgiving man me uh me and the wife man we we link up we make a mac and cheese i if i go to la man i'm down to taste you know i'm, I'm down to to hit up wherever mom's is at and get the mac and cheese, bro. I definitely, I'm, I'm good to try it, but mac and cheese. And yes, I'm a brother. I love sweet potato pie. I ain't on the pumpkin like that. Sweet potato pie is the best. And <laughs> peach cobbler, peach cobbler just hits different. It hits yeah. different. And the other thing, Southern, Southern greens, man, Southern greens, where they throw the turkey neck up in that joint. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get the real flavor up in there. Have a good one, Croc. Nothing but love. Hey, man. Happy Thanksgiving All to you right. and your fam, bro. All right, big dog. Appreciate you coming on. Shout out to my guy, Dion Love, when he comes on. Uh, again, and I'll kind of touch on this as well. The problem with Jimmy is that he just isn't a gunslinger, uh, style, flashy, elite athlete. More fans want uh, Jimmy can get it done. Fans want more excitement. You know, you know what, Vernon? And this is this is kind of my take on it. I don't, I don't really. I just want it. I just want it done. Just get it done. And and I want a quarterback that can get it done any which way. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, he's kind of shown his limitations. I think more than anything is his inability to just stay healthy. Uh, that's been an issue. And then I think the other things are kind of magnified. I mean, not being able to push the ball down the field consistently, right? Like stretch defenses. If you look at his, like, passing his heat chart, everything is so tight. I mean, it's it's not ideal. Even these 13-minute these drives, 12-minute drives, that those are cool and all, but you leave a lot of room for error for bad things that happen. The last drive we saw it, there was a flag. The 49ers got bailed out. There was a fumble. The 49ers got bailed out. They recovered it. So the more plays you run, you leave room for things like that to happen. But if that's what they got to do for Jimmy to win games, awesome. Do it. Just get to the playoffs, baby. Get to the playoffs. 
that my guy crazy with the contribution. Ever since Griffin had another mental breakdown, police at his home, uh, Vikings just released a statement. That's tough. That's tough. You know, you know, I, I've been open with my situation with, you know, mental health and not me personally, but my wife and, you know, some of the things that she went through and that stuff is tough. So hopefully Everson Griffin has somebody there for him. I was there for my wife. Uh, she has support from her friends and things like that. Hopefully he has that type of support from people to really help police at his home. That doesn't sound good, but uh, hopefully Everson Griffin gets the help that he needs. I remember something like this happening a couple years ago. Actually, I thought it was Daniel Hunter. I thought it was Daniel Hunter that had the, the issues a couple years ago. So, uh, man, these Vikings defense line, man. That's tough, man. Check on your people, man. Check, check on your people. But here we go. Got my guy Pinar coming on. What's good, man? How you doing? Good morning. Yo, what's up, man? Uh, I'm having. Uh, it was an average morning, but then I started listening to the show, and, and now it's a now it's a good morning, bro. It's uh, it's been pretty entertaining, man. Like for reals. Uh, love Beyond's call, by the way. Love it, you know, because because I think the same way. You know, I don't I don't think that Jimmy's doing anything special. But um, uh, one thing I would I don't know if it's disagreeing or not. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Jimmy, to me, is a starting quarterback. I get it that the numbers aren't sexy. But the fact of the matter is, go, go ask any team, you know, would, would you rather have Rudolph or would you rather have Jimmy? You know, wh which one do you guys want? You know, Are you or, asking the teams or are you asking the fans? Because the fans – No, just in general. Because the go fans, uh, listening to some of the fans, man, they were like, they just don't want – they think Jimmy Garoppolo sucks opposing teams mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know why. I mean, well, I, I understand why they would. It, it, it makes it because like not, not every team runs the ball like us, first of all. So it, asking yeah. to fit Jimmy into an offense is, is pretty hard to do just to start with. You know, I get it that you think that you could just turn him into a gunslinger or something like that. But, but that just isn't who Jimmy is at this point, in my opinion. But, you know, to me, I mean, you can trade him for something, but I ain't going to be, you know, saying some ridiculous thing like a one to a four maybe even one to a third round, but I don't know if that's even possible, but you know, to, to me, honestly, I'm at a point in this season where it's, um, I hear people complaining that, you know, Oh, we, we, we just want to make the playoffs with Jimmy. That's all you guys want. It's like, well, I mean, what do you want me to do? You want me to be depressed and wait till next season? Like what, what do you, what do you want me to do as a fan? Because some people are obligated to feel like they can speak for other people on how they should be a fan which I think right. is completely stupid. You know, there's no right. rules to this. You know, you can feel however you want to feel. And you could be an idiot and think the way you want to think too. You know, I, I can't be the one controlling your decision-making either. But, um, but yeah, I just, uh, I, I, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Because in the spaces last night, we were talking about this team going forward, you know, and um, it's not to put any disrespect on this season, but next season, right? Next season and going forward with this rookie contract of Trey Lance, do you think that this team is structured financially uh, to be successful as far as holding a Lombardi? And obviously, you know, Trey Lance has to hold his end of the deal on being you know, an improved player to get that trophy. But do you think it's possible financially? Yeah, I mean, yeah, financially, yeah. You're, you're going to free up money, mm. and, and then you're able to make a lot of you know different uh, maneuvers with the salary cap to free up even more money to sign guys that you want, right? So I don't think the 49ers yeah. have a ton of money. They would have had more money, and I talked about this early on. I don't know if I had the morning show yet, but I talked about this before. 
the the 49ers actually I definitely wasn't didn't have the morning show yet because this happened before the season. But once I found out on Locked On 49ers, we had a podcast episode where we had a capologist come on and they said if you were to release Jimmy Garoppolo um when the season was starting, you basically would free up $24 million and be able to roll that over to next year. And when you combine that to the money of him not being on the roster next year, I mean, like now you're talking about big money to be able to go out and spend resources on offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, secondary, cornerback. You you know, uh, mm-hmm. J.C. Jackson, sure, here you go, right? Whatever we need to pay Man. you, um, as well as pay other people. And, and the best part about that would have been that whole year, you got your rookie being able to get all that experience, go through all those ups and downs, right? So that would have been uh, great to be able to kind of do that and have more money and things like that, but they elected mm-hmm. not to do it. They still will have some cap space. It's not quite as much. They, it, they'll have to figure out different ways to kind of maneuver things. So uh, that's kind of, as far as like holding the Lombardi trophy, I just don't put those type of expectations on a rookie that we've seen needs to play to be able fair. to, you know, become more efficient. Yeah, yeah, because at the end of the day, we can always uh, fantasize about that, you know. And and the reason why I do talk about it is because, you know, it's not to say that you have a low standard or anything. It's just that that's what that's what people expectations of the new era of the game is. You know, go ask Russell Wilson. You know how how did he win another Super Bowl after his contract that he got? You know what I'm saying? Like like, and you just bring up the whole Grant Cohen percentage thing, you know, and um, and it is pretty hard. You know, I think it is pretty hard to to win when when you do have a big contract with your quarterback, but it's possible though. It's not to say it isn't, yeah. but, um, right. but yeah, I really find that interesting because we're talking about Armstead and, and his contract and Kittle and his contract and you having to pay Debo and you having to pay Nick Bosa. And, and, and honestly, I didn't think that that I would see a season like, like Debo is right now having this performance. So obviously it's going to mean more money in my opinion. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just interesting and see how it plays. And I'll take your word for it because if you guys did, you know, a whole show dedicated to it, I'll just take your guys' word for it. I got to go back and listen to it. Um, but yeah, you know, one, one more thing I do want to say is that, and I'm not trying to crap on anybody. I'll, I'll be respectful. I, I think that it's up to uh, certain people that have platforms, by the way, to hold themselves accountable when it comes to doing certain things now obviously i can't tell you what to do with your platform and you have all the right you know this ain't no communist country (laughs) you know what i'm saying so you could do whatever you want with your channel but the thing at the end of the day is the people that give rombo a flack and other channels you know i don't know the other ones but they'll just use rombo for instance i think that we can't, you can't get necessarily mad if people are mad at Rombo because Rombo has put out so much ridiculous statements over the years that I could like count on and just say like, okay, which one's the top 10 worst? Because he said this, he said this, he said this, he said this, you know, but, but I think that, you know, there is an obligation between fans to, to, to be honest with the team for content creators to be truthful and to say their wrongs. If they said something, even Grant Cohen will say he's wrong. You know, right. and, and I get it that Grant isn't everybody's favorite, you know, content creator, but, you know, um, it is what it is, you know. So I think that everybody needs to be out to a standard in some sense, you know, otherwise be prepared for the smoke, boy, because that's just the way it is. The matter <laughs> community, you know, right. like even Jason Aponte and, uh, and Splash Cousins, like I like them as content creators. And I think that they're 
some of the greatest minds. But I still, at the end of the day, told, told them when I hated Kyle Shanahan that the only Shans brand is a Walmart brand, right? And and that right. was me speaking out of my, you know, out, out of my uh, feelings at that moment because I was pissed at Kyle. But, you know, right. I, I think that as fans, I get it where some people in the chat are going to rant and say something that you just hate to look at in the chat. But at the end of the day, I think that, you know, there's a better way to do it. I think that you could tell Wayne Breezy, you could tell Mo's Nose, you could tell them in a DM, bro, I think that you guys can improve here. And if they say, we don't like you and we don't care about what you got to say, then move on. You don't have to, you don't have to put it in the chat and just put a negative vibe out there. You don't have to, you know, is what I'm saying. You don't have to make everything all negative because at the end of the day, you're on their platform watching it. You're, you're getting triggered by your own actions. You don't have to go right. on there. You could just you could just go somewhere else. But yeah, so that's what I have to say. And as far as Thanksgiving oh, goes, everybody's mom. Well, okay, okay. You know what? I, I need to step back there. Some people's moms out there are great at cooking <laughs> for Thanksgiving, right? And I think that everybody's mom has a special dish, and I think it's great. But uh, in my household, I know Native Americans that come to our house on Thanksgiving to eat. <laughs> so I, I know that we're good <laughs> where I live, you know? And yeah. my favorite dish is, uh, damn, there's a lot of them. Uh, I like, I love biscuits and gravy, but the day after we do our, our Black Friday shopping, I guess, we, uh, I live in a Mexican household. We, we use the turkey meat to make uh, these, these bomb cheese turkey tacos, and they're amazing with the leftover turkey meat that's left. And, uh, yeah, so uh, shout out to all the moms out there cooking. Shout out to all the dads out there that have to buy everything. And, yeah, uh, yeah Croc, thank you for the show, bro. Everybody, uh, right. Everybody have a have an average day and a great Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Appreciate you coming on. That's my guy partner. I always like when he comes on, gives a different perspective on a lot of things. And I think one thing I've been really open to. I've had people be critical of me, especially joining other shows. That's one of the hardest things ever because you have I've I joined Locked On 49ers. and immediately. I mean, obviously, people have been listening to Brian Peacock by himself for a couple of years now, a few years now, and all of a sudden you have Eric Crocker coming on. And it changes the dynamic of it. And it's hard for, you know, Peacock and I had to, okay, how do we get in the groove? How do we get used to, you know, that just the dynamic of that, you know, he's been used to talking to himself when he usually had me on. It's almost like he's interviewing me. Now we're co-host. How do we now coexist? That's tough. I talked about yesterday. People talking about my voice, Uh, you know, oh, raspy voice. Can't listen to this show anymore. You get a lot of different outrage. I have had some people that reached out to me in DMs. It was like, hey, Croc, you know, and again, they're used to hearing a guy like Brian Peacock speak, who speaks, you know, extremely well. Myself, I don't look at, I know you guys, you know, content creator, all that stuff. To me, I'm a football player. I play football and I just talk about sports. So there are things that I had to really learn. And, you know, I didn't take a speech class for this or anything like that. I really, I talk into a mic to just give my opinions and I, and I try to give, my, you know, my experiences and everything like that. And I just talk about it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't go to a school to become a podcaster or anything like that, but people have DM me and said, Hey man, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to listen to you talk because of X, Y, Z, the verbal fillers, the ums, all this other stuff. So I've worked to improve on those things. I've worked to start to, you know, think a little bit more before I say something. So if you guys come to me and there's any, you know, constructive criticism of me that you have, Holler at me, man. DM me, uh, Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. Let me know, and I'll try to work on those things. The morning show to me is a little more loose. 
right? I I I want this to be looser and uh, not so formal with you know the way I speak and things like that. Every blue moon, you'll hear me say a cuss word, but yeah, I want to come on here and just rap. You know, talk to y'all like I would talk to some of my homies. That's what this morning show is. But as far as uh, locked on 49ers, things like that, I've been working to really you know improve on my my speech because that's what the fans want to hear. So. Shout out to all y'all, man. Construct, constructive criticism. I play football. Like everything is constructive criticism when it comes to improving your play on the field. So it's nothing new to me. Just don't be disrespectful because I'll beat your ass. All right, uh, real quick. Uh, Trey Lance had plenty of opportunity to take the job from Jimmy. He couldn't do it in 2021. Jimmy is the better quarterback. Jay Boogie, 5'10. Uh, great, great, uh, you know, comment here. My pushback, and I said this, I put out a thread. For anyone that expected Trey Lance to just come in and outright be out Jimmy Garoppolo, who is an eight-year NFL veteran, that the, the chances of that happening were unlikely. It didn't matter if it was Trey Lance. It could have been Trevor Lawrence. It could have been Justin Fields. Any of those guys, it would have been difficult. Zach Wilson. Maybe Mac Jones will see because, you know, Mac Jones is kind of ready to play at that level of football. But it would have been extremely difficult to just flat out beat out Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, period. He's an eight-year veteran. He's seen everything. He knows he's been in this system for four years. I would hope that Trey Lance can't just come in and beat him out. Trey Lance was always going to have weird moments, as has every other rookie quarterback in the NFL right now. They've all had their weird moments. even. Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been the better of all of them, and he's been able to work through those things. He had the three interception game, two pick sixes, all that stuff. Like they've all had their weird moments, and you have to work through those things. All right. Trey Lance, no different than any other guy. All right. So as far as beating out Jimmy Garoppolo, I I thought it was unlikely. Now, as far as having plenty of opportunities to do so, my pushback on that was I don't think that's the case. I think Kyle Shanahan wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to start. He wanted him to be the guy. He didn't want to put those expectations on the rookie. When things were kind of spiraling out of control with the hype surrounding Trey Lance, to say that he had every opportunity to take Jimmy's job, if he had a legitimate opportunity when he was going crazy those first couple weeks in training camp, he would have got reps with the ones. That didn't happen. So what that let me know is, no, he didn't have an opportunity to take the job unless he was legitimately just perfect. He would have had to be perfect, which... It's not going to happen for a rookie. But, no, didn't have every opportunity. When you come in and you're doing what he was doing, he was completing passes at a high level, um, at a high percentage. He was pushing the ball downfield, several deep shots. It felt like every day in practice, he's doing all these things. And he still, doing all that, did not have an opportunity to work with the ones. So, no, he didn't have a, a legit opportunity to really take the job from Jimmy Garoppolo. It was Jimmy Garoppolo's job. That was what Kyle Shanahan wanted. He has maintained that stance throughout this time and is like, all right, you know, Trey Lance, just learn organically. But I don't think it was ever a real, and Kyle said it. Oh, no, it's not a job. You know, if he was doing this, he was doing that, like whatever, you know. Yeah, he'll be, he'll get first team reps and I feel like he gives it 49 best chance. It was never, it was never a, a, a real battle unless Trey Lance was perfect. And that's just not going to be the case for most rookies. All right, here we go. Last caller. Had, had to save the best for last. My guy, Ricky 
Williams. What's good, Ryan? How you doing, man? <laughs> man, what's cracking? How you doing on this wonderful Thanksgiving Eve, young fella? Oh, man, chilling, talking to my folks. You know what I'm saying? Wrapping up with y'all. You know, wife out there. I think she already started cooking, starting to prepare some things. Got to let it marinate, you know what I'm saying? Got to do that day before prep. Yeah. You know, got to get all the sauces, uh, the spices, and, you know, you want no juice to marinate, man. So be nice and tasty for tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep, yep. What's, what's on your mind, yeah, man? man what's so, on your mind? I was hearing um, at the beginning of the show you talking about Jimmy G and why do you, why does other you know, fans say Jimmy is bad or the issue or whatnot? And I'm like, I think it's that other fans know that Jimmy has to have the system around him extremely buttoned up and tight. The margin for error has to be extremely small and he has to have a competent running game consistently over a 16, well, now like, you know, a 17 game season. And I think other fans know that, like, on their team, without their team having a, a Trent Williams, having a Juszczyk, um, a Thomason, a Kildo, they know you put that man on their team, it's going to be all bad. And so I believe that's where a lot of the, the other opposing fans, like the Giants, say, I think we'll have, you know, Jimmy won't be as good. Uh, and I think we've seen that in the earlier part of the season. I kept seeing, like, you know, Jay Boogie and the chat keep on saying, like, Look at um, Jimmy G's red zone efficiency and how good he is on third down. I'm like, bro, that just happened over the last two weeks that his third down conversion has actually gone up. Over, like, the last first eight weeks of the season, we was in, like, 28, 29th in the league. And then even with our red zone percentages, we don't even get down there. We've only been down there 21 times. And so only how you get more opportunities in red zone is if you get down there in the red zone. Once we get down there, do we score TDs most of the time? Yes, we do. But any team that's winning know that you have to consistently have opportunities in the red zone, and that comes from what? Third down conversion and not turning the ball over. So uh, those are just a couple things that I was thinking about as people were sharing, yeah. you know, their gripes with Jimmy or whatnot. And like I said, I think he's a service quarterback. Um, I think he's good. Um, like you said, I think he's probably, eight. Like you know, from the bottom end of the league, where it's from 18 to like 32, He's around that area, but he has to have a solid foundation on a consistent basis for us to be considered a team that can move forward and be productive. But just like Dion said earlier, man, over the next eight weeks, man, we can't think that we will run the ball 40 times a game. Trent Williams, after the game, was like, yeah. I mean, it was 22 plays. And I know they say, you know, it's tough on the defense, but believe me, it's tough on us too, you know. And he was like, I'm out with three points. It was kind of depressing. Like, he looked not training with the media. He cool. He said, Man, I wasn't too happy with the three that we came out with, but you know, so yeah, yeah, you want to execute. And the more plays you run, the, the more uh room for error. So, you know, obviously, you know, every drive ain't gonna be three, four plays, but ideally, you don't want 20 play drives it's just hard on everybody uh doing that you kind of you know and it's not as sustainable but i do think what they've done over the last couple of weeks I, it obviously has been really good and now you, you might have to win a different way against the vikings and just hopefully you know everything is clicking in the right direction for them to be able to win in a way whatever is called upon them against the minnesota vikings most definitely and i think they can you know i think i think we might see a couple play action bombs hopefully you know, because the running game has been consistent. 
and that defensive line over there is kind of shaky, you know, and I think they can be able to get those safeties to come up a little bit and, you know, Kyle dial them up and be confident. I know Jimmy is waiting on it because he knows, like, all right, we show consistent in the run game. I know these defense will start stacking the box a little bit. We're going to have some opportunities, you know, and if we go out there and throw that thing, you know, with confidence, or as the great Crockett would say, if we add it out, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> They'll give us all something nice, you know, to be ready to be crunched because I know we're ready for to see like a man, a IU, like you know, 55 yarder, you know what I'm saying, a 60 yarder or something like that. Man, the crowd, I mean, we as fans gonna be bugging, you know what I'm saying? And I think we're gonna love that excitement. And I think he just killed him, man. You know, this was the first time in his career he had back to back touchdown games, man. I'm like, that's crazy. That crazy. type of talent. At the tight end, only to have 14, I think he's only had like 14 touchdowns in general. But it's like, bro, he's too good to only have, you know, so little touchdowns, you know what I mean? And so, especially when we got, I mean, us four nines fans have this boy when we have the touchdown king and Jerry Rice, you know what I'm saying? And everybody talking about, well, the four nines ran reserve, you know, we went throwing the ball or ran it out. I'm like, dude, do y'all know Jerry Rice? And how many bums he was catching, and still to this day, people <laughs> still 40, 60 touchdown reception y'all behind this man. What they was doing, Crocky? Yeah, nah, they're throwing them, they're they're airing them hoes out on them post routes. Uh, they were they would throw some go routes, and obviously, like you know, the yards after catch they got with uh Jerry Rice as well with the slants and you know, taking those to the crib. So, did a good job. I think they actually came up with the yards after catch stat because of Jerry Rice. <laughs> And he from my home state, so I love. That's why I came a Niner fan, man. I'm from Mississippi, with the Ole Miss man. So yeah. I've been loving Jerry Rice since I was born. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he 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 all plays a special team. Went to HBCU. I mean, he goes to he went to Mississippi State HBCU. So he always plays a special, you know, part of my heart. You know what I'm saying? So whenever, you know, I love love the Niners. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yes, sir. But I appreciate you coming on, Ryan. All right, I think my guy Ryan froze up a little bit, but get my guy off. Always good having him on. Shout out to everybody that's in the chat right now. Appreciate all y'all coming on, joining this. Uh, join me for this Thanksgiving Eve. All right, a lot of interaction, a lot of interaction in the chat. Awesome. Whether you agree, whether you don't agree, I appreciate everybody and their perspective. Jay Boogie again. Uh, this brand of football is the same as when Harbaugh was winning here. It's a winning formula. Agree. I think the pushback would be that, you know, he didn't win at all. But, again, only one team wins. So I won't be hard on Harbaugh for that. He, at the very least, with his brand of football, gave the 49ers an opportunity to win. You know, now I do think that, you know, obviously uh, Colin Kaepernick brought a different dynamic, uh, being able to utilize his legs as well as his arm. But, yeah, the the run game and play style defense, that was whether the 49ers are going to win and beat teams. And with – with uh, Jim Harbaugh, they did that a lot, and that was great to see. Appreciate everybody that's in here. Like my mama says, man, please don't forget, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. How you do that? Click the chat down now. Hit the like button. All that good stuff. I appreciate everybody's in here, everybody that has con contributed to the show. Again, Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Uh, download the app, underdogfantasy.com, over under bets, all that good stuff. Do that right now. Also, Manscaped. The show is powered by Manscaped as well. You got Manscaped promo code Crocky. Go to their website, manscaped.com. 
They got the lawnmower 4.0. They got the whole package, everything right now. And it helps you groom everything from your nose down to your feet and everything in between. Promo code Crocky right now. They're having a Thanksgiving deal, uh, Black, Black Friday, all that stuff. This whole week, 25% off everything at uh, uh, manscaped.com. The entire website, 25% off. Use my promo code Crocky. That's awesome. If you don't get it this week, again, next week, back to 20%, still by using my promo code. So, promo code Crocky on Manscaped. Here we go. Tomorrow, we will be back. It'll be 8 a.m. tomorrow. We're only going to go for an hour, like we're almost at two hours here. Tomorrow, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. We'll be here live. But I appreciate everybody that's in here. I appreciate everybody that contributed to the show. Again, you guys can listen to this live on uh, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. It'll be lo- it'll be loaded up shortly after this. Uh, Locked on 49ers. Listen to that as well. But until next time, I appreciate all y'all. I'm out. Peace. Intercepted. It is picked off by Eric Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Cross Talk TV Podcast. Peace. Peace.